It might be cold outside, but the Oklahoma City Thunder are heating up. Where they sit right now, how important is this game on Friday night? Three hot names, three cold names to look forward to for the Thunder, and we're going to dive into your mailbag questions all coming up on today's Locked on Thunder podcast. You are Locked on Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's Locked On Thunder, brought to you by BetOnline, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder, seeing Trey Mann dominate the G League. How important tonight's game is against the Pelicans. We're going to give you three hot names and three cold names as we head into the holiday weekend and a mailbag episode, which is going to be all of your questions, talking about trades that the Thunder could make, asking about Christmas movies and everything else under the sun. We'll dive into all of it. But today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this year with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And it will be a cold one tonight in Oklahoma City, and you will have to bear with us with these negative temperatures on the fields. Like, by the way, I know it's like for farmers or something, but I, I just don't like the whole the whole temperature, real feel, whatever the case is. I much prefer prefer just to know the feels like than to know the actual temperature. But alas, that's a different conversation for a different day. I do, however, want to say that we're going to start with Trey Mann. With Trey Mann, who is dominating the NBA G League with his two games. He had 35 points on Wednesday, had 40 points on Thursday. And this had a few Thunder fans wondering why he was there. Well, he was struggling a lot in the NBA, like a lot. So the Thunder sent him down there to the Vegas Showcase, and he dominated his two games. In this game, he did a fantastic job navigating the pick and roll with the ball in his hands in both games. He he saw great shot selection and great shot creation, hitting tough buckets, hitting those step backs, just looking like the player you're used to seeing in Oklahoma City. And he shot efficiently. 50% from the floor on six made triples in the 40-point game. In the 35-point game, he had seven made threes, uh, shooting around the same percentage. I think he shot 60% in the 35-point game. He was really, really good in that one. Now, look, it's the G League, and it's only two games, but he's been recalled to the Thunder. Would not expect him to play tonight. I mean, I know he's recalled, and so technically he could be on the bench. He can be dressed, but that would be three straight games for Trey Mann in as many days. He's not going to play tonight. The, th- the Thunder, excuse me, the Thunder will have three off days heading into Tuesday against the Spurs. Uh, they also play a, a G League game in the afternoon before that game, by the way. But uh, Spurs game, easier opponent, three days off after playing back-to-back for, for Trey Mann in Vegas, plus the flight from Vegas to Oklahoma City. Uh, you know, I just think it's more realistic to expect him to play next week. And we'll see next week if he can look better. And, and, and if this assignment did get him back in the groove, which the Thunder were looking for uh, it to do. And so for now, it's just a nice story. It's just two really good games. In the future, it could be the turning point for him. And it's been the case for the Thunder before. You saw it be the turning point for Pokashevsky 
uh, before uh, last year and the year after where he looked a lot better coming back from uh, playing in the G League. Could be the same thing for Trey Mann. But tonight's game, I know it's going to be cold. I know it's going to be tough to get out. I would beg you to go to the Paycom Center today because it's going to be fun. And this game is massive. The Thunder play on a Friday night, right before the holidays, take your last little reprieve from all the stressors that the holidays provide and having to go see your family and everything else, you know, all the travel and preparation, everything. Take a nice little three-hour break and head down to Bricktown. Go watch the game because the Pelicans are on the second night of a back-to-back. They will be without Brandon Ingram until after the new year, it appears. And then with Zion, he's been placed in the health and safety protocols. Now, the Pelicans will not have to update their injury report until around 1 p.m. today. So is Zion still in there? What's the health and safety protocols even at at this point? Uh, you know, you know, a couple years now into the process, you've seen guys go in and out immediately. You've seen guys still take the seven days, whatever it is. The Zion thing is a little up in the air, but as of right now, he's out. Uh, the Thunder have won three straight games. In the last 10 games, the Thunder are 5-5, five and five, and they are at home again to continue this long homestand. So the Thunder, on a three-game winning streak, look four to three days off after this game. It could be a massive win. And for OKC, they're getting healthier. They're without Chet, obviously, without Jang and, and JRE. But besides that, they are fully healthy. Uh, Jay Will got recalled. He's in concussion protocol. Uh, Trey Mann got recalled. And again, not expecting to play three straight days. So so technically, those two guys will be inactive. You know, They'll be active, but inactive. DMPCD. And for Jay Will, he won't be active at all. But still, the Thunder are two-point favorites at home. And check out Lockdown Pelicans, by the way. Really great podcast. But if the Thunder can get past the Pelicans, they play the Spurs on Tuesday, they play the Hornets on Thursday, and then they play Saturday at home, New Year's Eve tradition, against the Sixers. Sixers, good team, but will Harden play? Is he going to spend his New Year's in Oklahoma City? Maybe, maybe not. You could go on a huge run here if you're Oklahoma City. This could rack up to seven-game win streaks because they're favored tonight. And despite being favored, this is still going to be a tough game to win. And Vegas has them favored. I wouldn't have the Thunder favored tonight, but Vegas does. And Vegas knows all, as you all know. If they can get past the Pelicans tonight, they should beat the Spurs. But again, they should have beat the Rockets a couple weeks ago. They should beat the Spurs. They should beat the Hornets, even though it's a road game. And then Saturday against the the Sixers, can you catch them off guard and and grow a seven-game winning streak? This is a very streaky basketball team. So... It is hard to it's hard to say what the season holds still as we as we are at Christmas in a couple of days. Usually by now, teams have a sense of what they're gonna be. Teams have a sense of you know what direction they're heading. For the Thunder, I don't think that we have that sense. Because the the bottom of the West and, and the entirety of the West, but especially, you know, the bottom of, of play in and, and seven seed, whatever the case is, you know, the eight, seven, ten, nine seeds are separated by a hair. And so it's not as though that the, that the cushion for the other teams have gr- has grown so large that you can no longer capture it. And for the Thunder, they themselves have played streaky basketball. Like, you, you go look at their schedule and, and think about all the ups and downs that we've already experienced as Thunder fans. Right? You had the three straight losses right out of the gates of this season where Thunder fans were looking around kind of like, oh, gosh, lost three straight. Immediately followed by a four-game winning streak. You sweep the Clippers, you beat a tough Dallas team, you go take care of business against Orlando on a comeback win. Then following those four straight wins, oh, here's four straight losses, okay? And I specifically remember after that Milwaukee game, after losing to Detroit especially, 
people saying, oh, this is not a playing team. Like, just stop. Just stop. This isn't a playing team. Like, like, just stop dreaming about that. Then they have two straight wins and, and win, three in the, uh, win three of their next four games. That's a great stretch there. But then they lose three straight. And then they lose to Houston. And then they lose a hard-fought game in New Orleans, and Shea has to miss the game against San Antonio. But then you beat San Antonio, beat Minnesota, beat Atlanta for three straight wins. And after those three straight wins, it's followed up by, guess what? One, two, three, four, five straight losses, which has been followed up by the current three-game winning streak. So as of right now, off of a three-game winning streak, it looks phenomenal. It's like, whoa, we're right here in the mix. It's only a game out, two games out of the play-in. This team can really go for it. This team has a superstar in SGA. They have these great young pieces. Josh Giddy's playing phenomenal. We'll talk about his last nine games, which has been incredible for Josh Giddy uh, coming up. You know, Jalen Williams has been awesome as a rookie. Like they have all these young pieces. Well, what if this three, four, however long streak lasts? What if this streak is followed up by four straight losses? Well, then we'll flip to the other side of the perspective. And oh my gosh, just take tank for Victor Wembanyama. Oh my gosh, it's all over. So the Thunder, even though we're at a marking point where teams typically like to see what direction they're heading, I don't think that there's a clear indication of where they're going right now because they're so streaky, because we're not sure where they're going to level off at. And eventually, they will level. But as of right now, they're incredibly streaky. Now, the Warriors are kind of fading fast a little bit, uh, you know, three and seven in their last 10 games, and now they're losing Steph for a significant amount of time. So you might be able to overtake the Warriors, obviously. And then Dallas, Minnesota, they're playing streaky basketball. You know, both of them are. What What are the Jazz going to be? They're 5-5 five and five in their last 10 games, but on a two-game winning streak. You just swept Portland, which is great, but I think that we can all agree Portland's kind of going to be in the either in the play-in for sure or in the playoffs. Like, either I don't see Portland falling out of this. So you're looking at Golden State. You're looking at Minnesota. You're looking at Dallas, looking at Utah. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be a very fun ride. You've already climbed past the Lakers, but you know if you want to make the play, you still got, you still got to try to fend them off. And the distance, you know, between you and and the bottom of this of this tanking race, you know, of Detroit, which has eight wins, and Houston, who has nine, and Charlotte, who has eight, who you're going to see next week. Like, it, where are they going to? Are they going to be closer to you know the five pick, you know, the five in the reverse standings, or closer to the actual play-in? And the beautiful thing about this is, there's no wrong answer in the sense of if you make the play-in this year, it's not this doomsday scenario, even if you lose the play-in tournament, because that means that this team turned it on and was good enough with their young pieces that they already have to make a play-in. They're going to add Chet Holmgren back, and this draft is so deep, even if you make the play-in and lose the play-in tournament, at the end of the lottery, you're going to have guys there that can make a huge impact in your rotation. Also, into the lottery, you're going to have the assets that you need to go trade up from, say, pick, you know, 15, you know, say pick 14 to trading up to get to pick 10, pick nine, whatever the case is, maybe pick eight. You know, it all depends on where these teams fall and what their motivations are, but like you're going to have the assets to go up and get it. I mean, last year you just, you simply bought the 11th overall pick with your assets. Like if you think of those draft picks as currency, you paid three future first round picks for the 11th overall pick. You did not trade a single pick in, the, in last year's draft and you got the 11th overall pick. In the sense of in that direct trade. Obviously, you traded the pick 30, but there's not that direct trade. For the 11th overall pick, you've traded three futures. You can do so many combinations of things in the draft where even making the play tournament would not really hurt you because you have that, because you have that kind of generational talent waiting in the wings for you in Chad Holmgren. So is this team heading for the play-in? 
I think they'll have a clearer picture when this when this homestand is over. And, and I'm going to count that that 76ers game as a homestand. I know that they break it up with one quick trip out to Charlotte. But after that Sixers game, we should have a clearer picture of like what's happened since then. From now until a week from now, what's happened? Did they lose today and then go on a losing streak where they where they fell in you know against San Antonio where they shouldn't have, where they fell against the Hornets where they shouldn't have, where they fell against the Sixers? Like what's going to be the ebbs and flows of their first loss post this streak? Do they beat the Pelicans tonight and then beat the Spurs and beat the Hornets like they should? And then you're looking at a totally different flipped upside down standings list. There's still a long ways to go. I know it feels like we've been watching this team for a long time. I know it feels like we have these the identity of this team. There's still a long way to go in this season. But it's going to be fun. And, and I, I seriously beg you to go watch this team no matter what their record is because every single night you're going to watch a team that fights. You're going to watch a team that has a very... Uh, long runway and a, and a very long uh, list of guys who are interesting to watch and who you can watch grow. And then when they become that playoff team that we want them to be, when they become those contenders we want them to be, you can say, look, I was there. I was there whenever they were 19 years old, whenever they were 20 years old. And I watched them grow to the player that we are watching right now on the biggest stages. We'll talk about three names to watch that are hot names and three names to watch that are as cold as the winter temperature outside right now. But first, I want to say right now, pretty good friends over at the NHTS. Do you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers don't know you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think your driving is fine when you're high, it's not. Because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different, and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by NHTSA. We're back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen. Every single morning, every single day, we're here for you. Talking Thunder basketball. Now, make sure to check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports Today, available on YouTube or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Just like we are. We're on YouTube, so comment down below right now. What are three names who you think their stocks are rising and three names who you think that their stock is falling as we dive into that right now? So obviously, the first scorching hot name. Like, this name is so hot you can't pick it up. It it, it has a do not touch sign on it. SGA. SGA is playing at an all-star level. He's playing at an all-NBA level. He's playing at an MVP level. Now look, since taking over this podcast, I took over... This podcast, right before the bubble started, uh, in, in May, before the bubble started in, uh, started back up in what, August or whatever. And I went through this series of having every media member that would reply to my DM onto uh, the podcast. And we all talked about Shay's potential. And me and the other person would always agree Shay's potential is a top 15 player in this league, right before the bubble. He's reaching that potential at age 24 years old on the max contract that the Thunder signed him to. 31 points per game, four rebounds per game, 
five assists per game, shooting 50% from the floor, 49.8, 50% from the floor, shooting 33% from three, and 93% at the line. Now, think about this, folks. He missed two free throws on Wednesday, uncharacteristic, and then he was forced to purposely miss a free throw, uh, what was that, last Friday. So that's three misses that are uncharacteristic in the last week, and he's still shooting 93% from the free throw line because of the pure volume of the way that he gets to the free throw line, which he leads the league uh, or you know, in free throw attempts. And uh, per game, he's he's at 10 per game uh, at the free throw line. And I referenced that story because in that time, you know, all last season, all the year before, as these free throw attempts came to climb from two his rookie year, which you know, he was a rookie, to five his first year in OKC, six his second year in OKC, seven you know, his uh, third year in OKC to 10. And I was telling you at each step, as you see the free throw attempts climb, it's it changes and transforms your points per game. And I wasn't just telling you that for no reason. Look at his points per game in OKC. 19, 23, 24, 31. Big, big factor here. He's always been an efficient player. He's always been a really good scorer. Big factor here is 19 points per game, five attempts. 23 points a game, 6.5. 24 point, uh, points per game, 7.2. 31 points per game, 10.3. 10.3. And he's having games this year where he's getting to the line 15 times, 18 times in a game. You know, that's that's 16, that's 17, that's 15, that's 18 points that you're getting free of charge. And it's helped him level up. Also, this year, he's playing really good defense. He's playing really good defense in this season for his for his caliber of player on the offensive end, and just in general. He's improved his defense. Also stock up, Josh Giddy. Like, I don't know what the disconnect is. I don't know why there's a, a weird subsection of the Thunder fan base that does not like Josh Giddy. Like, he's a very likable guy. He's a nice guy. Uh, he plays the game hard. He plays it the, the right way. He's Josh Giddy. And there's a weird subsection that will always throw out, oh, they're 7-0 without Josh Giddy, or oh, I don't think that this pairing can work. Over the last couple of games, the pairing of Josh Giddy and SGA has worked to perfection. Like they've they've played off each other very well. They've played with each other very well, and they've barely had time to play together. Even right now, as we said at Christmas, his sophomore year, because last year Giddy dealt with injuries, SGA dealt with injuries, and they never could play together. Just the timing of those injuries were off. Uh, you know, SGA missed you know the January and December portion. Giddy missed after the All Star break. Whenever they had their best game ever together uh, on the first game post All Star break, and then after that he never played again. But Giddy and Shea are playing off each other very well, and individually for Josh Giddy Over his last nine games, so Giddy's last nine games, 15 points per game, 10 rebounds per game, 5 assists per game. So 15, 10, and 5, with a, with a steal per game on the defensive end, while shooting 47% from the floor and 43% from three on three attempts a game. 43% from three on three attempts a game. 15, 10, and 5 assists. It, he's been a really good player. And I don't get what the dis- disconnect is for Josh Giddy, and he's obviously singing himself on Twitter. He, he liked that tweet saying that, you know, it's weird how Thunder fans don't like him. And it's weird. I don't know why that they don't like him. I don't know why that there's a sub- section of fans that don't like him, but he's a really good player. He's rounding into his own as a as an individual player and also uh, his pairing with SGA. And if you think that this is some sort of a sophomore slump, I would encourage you to go look at guys like Scotty Barnes, who won Rookie of the Year last year and is not playing well. I'd encourage you to go look at Jason Tatum's second year in the NBA, uh, which was a little bit of a slump for him, obviously. Uh, it, 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 it's not a slump for Josh Giddy. He didn't start out on fire. He didn't start out just with, his, with, with an incredible... Um, you know, game, so to say, an incredible season, so to say, but he never had a massive dip. His dip was like 
a point or, or something. And, and in fact, this statistically, I don't think he dipped at all. But like he said, the defense is adjusted to him. And then now we've seen the last nine games, he throw his counterpunch to how those defenses have adjusted to him. But, but Giddy has been really fun to watch. And Giddy's been really, um, it's been really encouraging to see how he grows and how he plays um, in general. He's also improved his drum finishing from 57% last year to 63% uh, this year, which has been good to see as well with those floaters and, and baseline jumpers that he hit that spin around low block jumper still, still makes me laugh that he hit against Portland on Wednesday stock up as well. Jalen Williams, like his stock is climbing to the point where if you don't buy now, you just can't buy it because he's playing so well as, as a patient player, as a three level score, he has that defensive potential with his length and his size and his frame that you like to see. And he's just cool. Like I was sitting back thinking about this the other day, uh, yesterday, in fact, when the Thunder start to contend, whether that's the end of this season, whether that is next season, whether that's the year after, they will be the coolest team in the league. SGA, amazing cool factor. Fashion icon, cool Instagram captions, cool uh, community work that he does, cool. Josh Giddy, cool hair, cool TikToks, cool guy. Jalen Williams, cool hair, cool guy, shoe game. Social media presence that is unmatched. He, he gets in on social media at halftime of games, and he says he's always going to do that. He gets on social media at halftime of basketball games in the NBA. He replies to comments, name searches himself on Twitter. Like Jalen Williams is in the social media ecosystem, which will make him relatable to kids and make the kids like him because he's going to reply to their comments and like their comments. Chet Holmgren, incredibly cool guy. Like This team's coolness factor is off the charts, which will make them a national brand again, which will make them a global brand again as they continue to get good, get on national television, and you start searching up SGA's Instagram and start searching up all these guys on social media, which kids are going to do. And that generation will carry this global brand for Oklahoma City and our state of Oklahoma the next wave, just like we did with KD and Russell Westbrook in the past generation. But this team, on top of being really good, they're also really cool. They're also really, really cool, which is awesome. Uh, sadly, we did do three stock down and uh, stock down on Trey Mann in the NBA. Now, he did a lot in the G League, played well in the G League, but in the NBA, he's shooting 38% from the floor and 28% from three. Let's see if this G League assignment gets gets him right in the sense of the NBA. Uh, stock down on Poku. And this is really, um, I don't know the right terms for it because I don't do stocks, but like his stock shot up in August, September, October, November. And now it's taking a little bit of a dip. It's not It's not as though you should sell. You know, don't sell Poku stock, but just note that in December, he's averaging seven points, five rebounds, two assists per game, while shooting just 35% from the floor and shooting just 25% from three, which is a far cry from how good he was in October and November. Now also stock down on Baisley. Baisley has three DNP CDs in the last six games he was active for. The writing's on the wall there with, with kind of what to look for and what will be his future in OKC, I think, and we've talked about that before. But, as I mentioned, the Thunder are two-point favorites at home against the New Orleans Pelicans today. So go bet on that at betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, trends for every professional amateur league out there, from pro and college football to pro and college basketball, World Cup that just ended. But also, you can bet on the World Baseball Classic already, which starts in... March, I think it is. So you can already bet on that if you want to, with the USA being the heavy favorites there. And it is so fun to go bet on just Premier League soccer and all and 
also just basketball in general. You can bet on games like the spread, as we talked about OKC minus two. You can bet on the money line over under for the total points, but also who you think will win these MVP awards, who you think will win the championship, who you who you think will uh, win the clutchest player in the league, most most improved player in the league, which SGA is the leading favorite for the most improved player. You can bet on all those things at BetOnline. So go check them out today. Head over to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. Let's answer some of your mailbag questions. At Jimmy Mintz, if Sam Presti were to get aggressive this offseason, who is the better fit? Uh, Pascal Siakam or OG Ananobi? Who would you trade for and what would a trade for either guy look like? I asked this question because of the way that the Toronto fans treated Shea. Okay. Uh, first of all, don't think that they're going to trade Pascal or OG, but I will answer the question. Um, I love OG Ananobi. Like, I... I personally would like OG. Uh, I think that they're both great players. And I'm not saying that this couldn't work. I'm just saying I'd be I'd be more curious as to how Pascal and Chet worked, would work together, uh, how Pascal and Chet would, would work side by side. Whereas with OG, it feels like more of a simple slide in and, and, and mesh with everybody on the floor uh, that he plays with. So I'd go OG. A trade for either guy probably looks a lot like the Donovan Mitchell trade where it's like three first-round picks, a couple swaps, and a young couple young players. And the Thunder have better young players than than Utah had. Uh, I mean, I should say than, uh, than Cleveland had to give to Utah. And so maybe it's only one young player because maybe the value of Jang is equivalent to the value of Laurie Markin plus Colin Sexton. But I, I, I don't think that they'll get either one of these two guys. I think that Sam Presti will be aggressive this offseason, but I don't think it'll be these two guys specifically. I also, just for clarification, don't think it'll be Trey Young. Uh, I know he's a hometown guy. I know everybody loves Trey Young. I know he's a superstar. Uh, but trading the assets it takes to get Trey Young would be curious for the Thunder. And I would not like the move, not because I don't like Trey Young, but because we've seen Trey Young not have a willingness to play on uh, off ball. So he doesn't play off ball, which is going to be bad if you pair him with Shea and Getty, who who need the ball in their hands and are comfortable playing off ball, but you know they thrive well on ball. So if you have three lead ball handlers, but one of them refuses to, to work with the other two, not going to work. Uh, doesn't play defense, which the Thunder are predicated on, not going to work. Uh, and, and so I just don't see how that would be worth all the assets it takes to get him. And again, that's not because I don't like Trey Young. I think it's just not the right environment for Trey Young. It's not the right environment for the Thunder. It's just not something to look, to, to look at, even though he's a hometown guy. And I really like him. And I really hope that he succeeds. And I really hope that he has a good career. I just don't think that that fit is here for Oklahoma City. So while while I think that Presti will be aggressive this offseason, I don't think that Toronto will sell those two guys. I don't think that it'll be for Trey Young. It'll have to be something maybe out of the box or something that comes up later on. I mean, we're only at Christmas and we've already seen, you know, the, the Hawks wanting to give away John Collins, the Hawks, you know, maybe having a riff with Trey young. Like these things are going to going to transpire and unwrap as we get closer and closer to July. So we'll see what happens with Presti in the future, but that's your answer to that question at Axel Wicker. How many G league games before Trey man plays in the NBA or will he play in the G league? I get to feel smart for once because I already know the answer. The Thunder have already recalled Trey Mann to the NBA. Uh, the Thunder said the plan was to recall him on Tuesday, but what's the point in waiting? I guess that the, I guess that the team fly cut back yesterday, and if you recall him, you can have him on the bench and support his teammates. If you don't recall him, you can't have him on the bench. So maybe that's the play here on why they recalled him now instead of Tuesday. But I think it'll be back on Tuesday again. I, I would not expect him. I would not expect him to play this week because, um, or at least today, because. He played two straight games for Wednesday and Thursday. I don't think he'll play on Friday and make it three straight games, but he is active tonight and will be on the bench for OKC if he's in town uh, already from Vegas. At Hayden underscore Ross, are the Thunder going to trade Baisley before the deadline? 
Uh, this is a tough one because, like, would they trade Baisley? Yes. Uh, would other teams want Baisley? We'll see. Like, like, I think that you can get a protected second form, and so at that point, yes, you would do it. Uh, but the value that Baisley has is he's still a good spot defender. You know, if, if you if you really have a matchup that you don't like and, and that you need somebody that, that has more toughness down low and you need that more switchability factor. So he's a good spot defender, kind of like a spot starter in baseball where, like, you don't want this guy in your rotation, but, man, if you're laboring on a Sunday after playing six straight games and, and you need innings eight, he, the, that guy can go out there and do it. It's like Baisley. You don't want Baisley in your starting five, but if you have a matchup that's really tough for you to defend, you're going to want to call on him. Uh, so that that's value there. There's also value in the fact that uh, you don't need to do anything to create the roster spot. Like if you just hold on to him, come June, that roster spot's there, but it's not resigning him. Like you don't have to resign him on that, on that restricted free agent deal. Don't got to match the ma- uh, match the contract. It's just over uh, at that point, and you open up that roster spot. So there's value in that because a trade might bring back a guy that is harder to move off of or will cost you a little more money to move off of. And there's not really a point to do that, in my opinion. So would they, will they, are they willing to trade base at the deadline? I would assume yes, but um, will they will be tougher and just circumstantial with what happens from now on. And then also, uh, are you a big fan of Mark uh, Dagnall? Yes, I am. Both as a, both as a coach and a person. Like I think that, I think that person wise, a lot of fans don't understand like how genuinely nice he is and how funny he is. Like his personality is really close. It's his personality is the closest thing the NBA has to Mike Leach. Like his personality, he'll sit there and talk to you about music. He'll talk to you about the media game that you're going to play in on Sunday. Like he'll talk to you about anything, cars, candy. Like he, he can just riff. And that's really cool to see a coach as loose and laid back and comfortable in that way. Uh, while also being a coach still, like he, he doesn't tell us the starting lineups and, and won't tell us the starting lineups because he views that as a coaching advantage. But anything else, he'll he'll go up there and and joke around with us and talk to us. And that's kind of why I ask these kind of sillier questions. It's just just trying to convey to you guys like how nice and cool he is as a person. But also on the floor, he's an incredible coach at ATOs, an incredible coach at slob plays. Like those are two two main things that you can see a coach's impact and how good they are as a coach are those two categories, I believe. And on synergy, he's always very good to excellent in those categories. Um, and so you see him put guys in the right position. You see how he's transformed this team's defense and, and their ability to play with a, you know, a, a team that you look at. And on paper, I think that if you gave this blind resume test to any NBA prognosticators, they would be floored if you told them that this, that this roster of, of guys is a top 12 defense in the NBA and top 10 over the last 13 games. Now, so I do love Mark. And I uh, hope that he's here for a very, very long time. And I do th- I do think that he will be. I-, I think that the next time the Thunder are in the playoffs, he will be the coach. And the next time this team is contending for a championship, he'll be the coach. Uh, at Brother Reed 11 where does Russell Westbrook sign next year? Uh, I like him in the six-man role, not for the Thunder, but like just in general. I, I think that it's going to be a surprise. I, I think he's going to go on this one-year, two-year deal kind of cheap contracts. And then... You got to ask yourself, does Russ even want to do that? Like, does Russ want that that kind of end for himself of just being a journeyman for a couple of years here, a couple of years there, as he's been in Houston, as he's been in Washington, as he's been in L.A.? Uh, maybe he goes back to L.A. on a on a really cheap deal and just continues to be their sixth man there, thrive in his hometown, and has a lot of fun. It, it looks like he's having a lot of fun right now. It looks like he's found that happiness in, in L.A. that he did not have last year. That. Uh, he didn't have this summer, and it looks like it's back for him. So maybe that's just a comfortable landing spot for him to continue to play with LeBron and AD just on a cheaper deal, on a more team-friendly deal. But we'll see. 
Uh, at Chris AC, what type of player would would uh, OKC draft to help Chet Holmgren and compliment Chet Holmgren? Uh, I, I just think a, a guy that can play defense and shoot, like that's what you need. You, you need a guy that can play defense to fit in with this style, but also you need a guy that can shoot because we've seen Shea, we've seen this team have so much success and open up the floor for so many other players on the team whenever you surround them with guys who can shoot from three. And so I just want a really, really good shooter in the draft. Uh, at Joshua L 49 what part of Oklahoma are you from? And what is your favorite holiday memory? We're going to get into the Christmas questions now. So uh, I'm from Lawton. Uh, still live in Lawton. I go to every game like an hour and a half away, but still live in Lawton. Uh, it's, it's a nice drive uh, to OKC. And my favorite holiday memory, probably just whenever my mom was alive, like just watching her cook and, and get everything prepared, like, like freak out about making sure everything was perfect. Uh, it always, the house always smelled great. Had the Christmas movies on, had the fireplace going. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of fun uh, back then. At Hunter, uh, at Hunter, Herjo7, I, I've known Hunter for like three, four, five years now on Twitter. Still haven't figured out how to say the second part of his username. Anyway, it's funny that you asked this question, Hunter. Is Christmas Vacation the greatest Christmas comedy in any underrated Christmas movies? Uh, not only is it the greatest Christmas comedy, but I will also answer Hogfan09 uh, 2001's question. Christmas Vacation is the best Christmas movie of all time. It is the GOAT of Christmas movies, and therefore, I think it's underrated because people do not recognize Christmas Vacation as the greatest movie ever invented around Christmas. So there you go. And my top three from at S uh, Paddley85, my top three Christmas movies are Christmas Vacation, number one, The Santa Claus, number two, Elf, number three. Those are my top three. And the last one, uh, at P Bartso 7 do you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? So I actually watched Die Hard for the first time ever three years ago. And in my opinion, it is a Christmas movie that it is a it is a movie that takes place in Christmas time. It is not a Christmas movie. It is a movie that takes place during the season of Christmas. A Christmas movie has to have a holly jolly spirit. It has to have I, I don't want any of this killer Santas that are out there right now. I want to be able to nestle up, drink a cup of hot cocoa, hot cup of joe, whatever the case is. I want to be able to to sit back with my dog, you know, and watch watch the television, have a laugh, have a cry, have a sentimental feeling. That's what I want in a Christmas movie. And I don't want any of these killer Santas. I don't want any, anyone with a Shawshank Redemption type feeling. I don't want any of that. I want a nice pleasant experience. I want to watch the Hallmark movie where the, the girl goes to the big city trying to find her way. And then uh, something traumatic happens, but then they get back together in the end and she dates her high school sweetheart. I want that kind of feeling when I'm watching a Christmas movie. None of this diehard stuff. Good movie. Good movie. But, but I, I can watch diehard in July and feel fine. It's not a Christmas movie because there's a couple of trees in it. Am I right? That's a hot topic. Let me know on the YouTube comment section down below what you think. So here's the plan. Barring barring anything just crazy dramatic happening in this game, I will release the Pelicans recap on Monday. Uh, that way I can record it tonight and then kind of have the weekend off and not have to record Sunday night for Monday. Uh, so I'll release it on Monday. And then Tuesday, uh, we'll, we'll kind of get into uh, more of the week with previewing the Spurs game and, and talking about kind of where the Thunder sit at that point with uh, a lot of the NBA draft talk that we're going to have on Tuesday. And then Wednesday, we'll recap the Spurs game. On Thursday, we're going to play a fun game on the podcast that is going to, that's going to involve you guys as well. And then Friday, we're going to recap that Hornets game. We'll be back to our normal schedule after that as the holidays pass through. We're going to recap that that Sixers New Year's Eve game as well, so it'll be a lot of fun. But 
And unless Shea goes for like 50 or something, I'm going to release the, the recap of this game tonight on Monday. I'm sorry for the delay, but it's just an easy way to, to can an episode for Monday for you guys uh, instead of releasing it over the weekend. Uh, so I hope that you all will enjoy it. But again, if, if SGA goes for 50 or the Thunder have a dramatic win, I'll just go ahead and post it tonight and then figure something else out for Monday. So we'll see how it goes. Just subscribe. Just subscribe for free across all podcasting platforms so you never miss an episode, including on YouTube. Also follow along on Twitter for updates at Ryland underscore styles. And until um, whenever, be good and be good to one another. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.